0: Sea anemone cocktail followed by oyster liqueurs. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 7th of October 2018. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website at www.3cr.org.au forward slash radio blue from where you can stream our broadcast and you will also find a number of previously aired episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook and today's weather is a typically gorgeous spring day in Melbourne. Uh, We've got a top temperature of 24 degrees to look forward to. Partly cloudy day, some cloud cover uh, possibly coming over in the afternoon. Light winds from the north up to about 15 or 20 kilometres an hour and then becoming light during the day with some coastal sea breezes. Um, As always, be careful if you're getting out and about in the bays and waterways uh, in the state of Victoria. Looking out the train window today at Seahome Station um, the sea is as flat as attack but uh, with those coastal sea breezes sometimes they can get a little bit stronger than expected and I have stood on the shore before at Point Cook and seen clouds moving in opposite directions which is uh, sometimes a bit of a spin out but uh, as always be careful if you're out there. Uh, Worth noting too that it is uh, currently 11.33am so if you haven't done so already uh, crank those clocks forward one hour because we have just entered Daylight Savings. Okay, for today's show, um, if you've never heard of, uh, if, unless you've been living under a rock, um, if you don't know where Sid Harbour is in the Sundays, um, you might not have known beforehand, but uh, certainly in the last few weeks you uh, would have heard of this location and this is the spot where unfortunately we've had a couple of shark attacks in uh, in the month of September, um, a, a couple in, in very quick succession, in fact within 24 hours of each other. So I want to spend today's show chatting a little bit about that and putting these attacks into some sort of uh, context, also pointing our listeners in the direction of some fantastic products and resources that are out there that are they're that all geared towards increasing our knowledge base with regards to sharks. There's been some really nice uh, developments lately in the published literature and in podcasts too. So I certainly hope you find this to be an interesting show. Back after this brief announcement. Estás sintonizando 3 dr
1: Ocho 855 AM 3CR، 855، AM. ویژه، این در Kind of 3CR، در لندس
0: 3CR، 855، کنده 3CR، 855، کنده ویژه، این در 855، continuation AM. 3CR broadcasts over 130 programs in 25 languages, supporting communities and viewpoints that you just don't hear about anywhere else. Subscribe to your award-winning multilingual community radio station, 3CR, and help keep these voices on the airwaves. Call the station
1: on 94198377. The number is again, 94198377.
0: You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. Okay, um, as I was mentioning before, we went to that quick announcement. Um, with the situation in Sid Harbour in the Wit Sundays, we've had a situation where two people have been attacked by uh, by sharks in only a 24 hour period, going back to uh, Wednesday the 19th and then Thursday the 20th of September. So, it started off when 46 year old uh, Tasmanian uh, Justine Barwick was hit and recovering from. a badly, uh, is currently in hospital still recovering from a badly injured right leg. Um, Only uh, not even 24 hours later, 12-year-old Melbourne schoolgirl uh, Hannah Paps uh, was hit as well and sounds like pretty similar injuries uh, that both uh, both ladies suffered, um, unfortunately. Uh, They were upper thigh injuries in both cases and resulted in very significant tissue damage and unfortunately quite a bit of blood loss too. So both uh, ended up in intensive care in critical condition. Um, Happily, both are now Off, uh, I believe, off the critical list, or at least stable. um, uh, Probably serious, but stable is the best way of putting it. And it's no question, uh, no question, that they face a hell of a long road ahead in terms of uh, recovery, and for for a number of reasons. Shark injuries, by their nature, are quite challenging and difficult to deal with. And uh, as a result, we can only really offer the victims our best wishes and hope for their speedy recovery. Um, But the thing to remember with a with a shark attack is is that intense, uh, very acute physical trauma of actually being bitten so the bodies cope with a hell of a lot in terms of the loss of blood and fluids so obviously transfusions are required to get them through Um, they've got very significant injuries often to muscles uh, things like tendons ligaments nerve damage is a big one Um, unfortunately what that could mean is you get some sort of disability uh, that can often be uh, uh, you know last for the the rest of the person's life Um, that is a real issue and that's before you even start talking about the mental and psychological scarring from uh, from undergoing such a traumatic uh, event. the so the thing to remember in both of these cases, uh, just backing up the truck a little bit, uh- the thing that has really saved the day uh, was, the, of course, the, uh, the the first responders, the first, uh, more correctly, the first aiders. Um, th- that is often family members and friends, bystanders that jump in and uh, do a. The, the, in this case, in both of these cases, with the upper thigh injuries towards the groin, that is a really sensitive area, very uh, tricky area in many cases to apply first aid to. And the reason for that is there's some really major blood vessels in that area. When you start talking about things like femoral arteries, femoral veins. Um, these sorts of things can cause a person to bleed out very very quickly in most cases um, the person is not seriously injured enough for it to become a fatality so as long as um, decent first aid is applied in the first instance and that is clearly what has happened here the uh, the the first responders the paramedics that attended said look there's no question that the first aid has probably uh, saved their lives in both cases so really uh, really important to remember I think a lot of our listeners could do uh, a lot worse um, than uh, learn from first aid it's one of those things that everyone really should have an uh, have an inkling for um, and and develop a skill set around that said, of course, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be treating a shark victim, but you never know. You never know you're lucky like in a big city. Of course, most of the time it's going to be things like car accidents or, or whatnot or relatively minor. Um, you know, it might be sports injuries and all these sorts of things that you end up treating people for for uh, for first aid. But great to know um, first aid so you can help people that are in uh, in dire need. Um, I guess when we look at things like uh, a, a situation with um, Sid Harbour, they're suspecting it might be shark attacks um, um, uh, sorry, t- the, with the shark attacks They're thinking it might be tiger sharks That have caused the injuries And in that uh, in that situation The important thing to remember about tiger sharks Is that they've got these relatively broad Serrated teeth And they're, they're a relatively squat sort of a tooth They're, they're not very high they don't, They're don't they not very elongated tooth uh, a, a tooth structure Like you'd find in the mouth of a great white shark Or in, indeed the slender fish trapping teeth That you'd find in the jaws of a mako Or a grey nurse shark um, Being relatively short. And squat means that they, when they do bite, the force is. Just- distributed over a relatively wide area and the teeth are somewhat unlikely to, uh, to, a bit more unlikely than many species to actually break off. And I guess that's the thing to remember when we're looking at a, a shark injury, um, you can find fragments of teeth and quite often those tooth fragments are enough to actually give you a, a diagnostic on the uh, on the species. For example, in this case, whether it was a tiger shark, the other big candidate is a bull shark um, That's uh, or a number of other whaler sharks potentially that uh, that, that could cause the these types of injuries. So it is important to remember that when um when we've got these types of injuries they can go back and discover um quite a bit about the attacking shark. Looking at the tiger shark a classic example of a tiger shark attack was that suffered by young uh, Bethany Hamilton. Um a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with the uh the surfer with the one arm who had her arm um, removed at about the elbow joint by a, a tiger shark that came along and chomped her on her surfboard a few years back and of course it didn't stop her. It was a great story because Bethany Hamilton kept uh, doing what she does best, uh, surfing, and has won many uh, you know, prizes and tournaments and all this sort of thing. It's a it's a tr- tremendous effort on her behalf to get back in the, the water and, and do what she does and, and, and not stop loving it. Um, the brachial artery in that case is the, the one that gets severed in, in the case of an arm injury. But remember there, it's relatively easy to treat because all you have to do is really apply the tourniquet and away you go. Um, you, you, you wind something tight around the injury and uh, along come the paramedics. She gets airlifted to hospital and away. She goes and, and it's it's relatively straightforward. Those upper thigh injuries are a hell of a lot more difficult to treat. You're not necessarily looking to uh, stop the the flow of blood in the well. You are looking to stop the flow of blood, but it's direct pressure that's better than uh, than putting a, a tourniquet or tourniquet under the uh, wound. You've got to remember that if you're doing that, you're, you're starving the area of oxygen. So that's some uh, that's sometimes a, a big no-no and can cause uh, more harm than than uh, than it's worth. So it's very important to remember trying to get that uh, that first aid right. And people don't realise, but something as simple as making sure that you don't have sand entering the wound makes the uh, makes the job of the, uh, the the surgeons a hell of a lot easier. Um, I want to get to a, uh, a particular book that has come out recently that I'll highlight in a moment that has some uh, really terrific advice regarding first aid and treatment of shark victims, uh, as well as a whole bunch of other issues. So, six tiger sharks, I think it was at last count that have been caught, uh, that were uh, taken out of the waters around Sid Harbour. That was... Something that the uh, the government decided. Well, this needs to happen, and they've started uh, fishing for these tiger sharks, namely through the application of drum lines. So the sharks vary between two point five and four metres in uh, in total length. Um, potentially dangerous animals, it's got to be said. But then again, remember, any tiger shark above two and a half metres is potentially dangerous. I think you could make that pretty strong case for that. But the thing is, of course, they've been around in that area for who knows how long. I mean, we're, we're talking thousands of years. Um, so uh, if if not longer, you know, millions of years, these tiger sharks have been plying their trade in those waters. And it's got to be said, for the most part, we haven't had these unfortunate uh, incidents. So uh thing to, to note, I guess, about the tiger sharks is the poor tigers um, they've been getting a bad rap now I think for a very long time and the the thing to remember there is that when the Western Australian government started instituting a shark cull and that was something I uh, passionately believed in um, passionately believed was the wrong course of action so much so that I did make a submission to the WA government and the key thing I wanted to point out was that well just even looking at it from uh, going completely away from the conservation point of view the problems that they were getting in southwestern WA uh, Mainly around the sort of Duns- Dunsborough, Bunker Bay, sort of Margaret River type region, um, was that they were getting great white shark attacks that were happening from July to November. Now, that coincided with, uh, amongst other things, uh, some pretty significant whale migrations. So, when did the authorities decide to put the drum lines out there? Uh, well, they didn't want to, the last thing they wanted to do was have a drum line catching, on, uh, latching onto a whale. So, what they did was they set the drum lines from January to June. So, it was not in the danger period for human shark interactions. And what it actually ended up Doing was catching something like 155 tiger sharks that were removed from the water. The wrong species. Um, it was the great whites that people were concerned about, and all they did was take out tigers. Did they make the waters any safer around that area? Well, you could argue, like I said, that the tigers are a potentially dangerous animal. Um, they are. Um, you know, most textbooks talk about them being the second most dangerous shark uh, species around. And we know for a fact there was a, uh, a fatality um, involving a guy at Cotterslow Beach, uh, Samuel Edelson, I think his name was, and that was back in about 1928 so it's one of those things where have we made the water safer around southwestern WA uh, Hell no um, we've taken out a lot of sharks we've damaged the ecosystem we, we know that for an absolute fact but um, it's one of those things that hasn't um, it hasn't worked terribly well at all I think you could uh, I think you could argue quite uh, quite strongly anyway let's go to another quick uh, community service announcement and back in a sec.
1: Help FreeCR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our song line and keep our culture going strong. Of course a lot of the aboriginals having been stolen were put into state care and also others the
0: recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome
1: to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day, 223 years ago the white man landed on our shore. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep indigenous voices on air. Call us on 941983. Seven or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now.
0: You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial. So the issue with uh, removing sharks from the water is, does it actually work? Uh, does it make things uh, safer for people? I think you could argue potentially, yeah, it does. But then the question is, well, do we want to necessarily kill everything that we don't get, uh, get along with? And then the other question is, well, can we put other mitigation measures in place, uh, modifying certain aspects of our behaviour, um, depending on where we're going to be uh, entering the water? and those sorts of things. It was actually a pretty well-studied phenomenon back in... uh, There was a terrific article written in the journal Pacific Science, and you can download this one for free as a a PDF file, um, written back in 1960 by Albert Tester. And it looked back on a a, a fatality, unfortunately, involving a young uh, schoolboy, 15-year-old Billy Weaver, who was killed at Lanakai in Hawaii way back in 1958 by a tiger shark. uh, Most probably by a tiger shark, I should say. Now, the Billy Weaver Shark Control program followed and many many sharks were hooked and, and removed from the waters uh, did it make things safer well that's debatable because the in uh, the uh, amount of attacks that they were getting were very sparse and and pretty rare to begin with and then they actually got to a point where there was a rash of them in uh, in the 1990s and it's quite a strange phenomenon where we get two attacks in the in the one area now some people might look at that and think well is it a problem shark is it a rogue shark um, we don't know for sure but that is uh, that is a very interesting phenomenon where you suddenly get these two in a very very limited uh, limited amount of time uh, the thing with shark nets of course is that they are not impenetrable barriers so they will be set in a certain area the sharks will swim above and around them and all that sort of thing they catch just about anything that's in the water including large and potentially dangerous sharks whether they're coming in towards the beach or trying to get back out again um, they, they don't discriminate and of course they'll take dolphins and they'll snare whales and uh, entrap whales and and of course the whales often take off with them because they're so big and strong and people have to then try and free the whale if that's possible. Turtles, rays, um, of course it depends on the animal. If it's an air breather, it's in dire trouble once it gets snagged in those nets. But then when you look at things like, for example, uh, eagle rays, um, they'll get trapped in the net and uh, then quite often have a a very high chance of survival because they can uh, breathe as a fairly sedentary animal that uh, breeds water. Their survival uh, rates are very high. said it has has been known to happen where you get a ray caught or a shark caught and then a bigger shark comes along a potential problem shark and simply devours the animal and rips it right out of the net and tears a giant hole that you could drive a truck through in the net so they're, they're not infallible people enjoy putting drum lines uh because the, the drum lines are far more um uh, i guess uh, discriminatory they they, they they discriminate much better they, they are a big uh hook basically with a fish bait on it and uh the shark will come along chomp that and, and it will catch the uh potentially dangerous sharks, the, the great whites, the tigers, in this case, tigers and bull sharks. And uh, then you can, uh, in, in one part of the world, Recife in Brazil, you can actually take them away and relocate them. And that's met with some tremendous success uh, for a number of years now. And um, they've had a, a much lower level of uh, shark attacks incur- occurring in the Recife region uh, in Pernambuco State in Brazil now for a number of years. Also, some um, some innovations that can be utilised with drum lines is what's called smart drum lines, where they'll actually tell you... When something's hooked so you can get the boats out in theory um, of course it depends on how much you've got in the budget to go and service these drum lines whenever something gets snagged and then you can take it and relocate uh, the, the animal that's been hooked so quite an interesting uh, area there too various theories around the rogue shark and the problem shark the rogue shark theory was something that was developed by a surgeon uh, Victor Copelson who became something of a shark expert himself over time and wrote a book on uh, shark attacks in the 19, uh, 1960s I think that one came out or, or 1950s he started uh, putting that one together uh, so uh, that's an idea that's been around for quite a while I don't know so much if there's been much acceptance of the rogue shark theory certainly uh, I, I don't find it hard to believe there might be what we call a problem shark where it might hit you know two or three people over its lifetime um, unfortunately and uh, you know in the interim of course it doesn't prey on people necessarily but it will go and chomp all the other things that it's uh, good at taking out whether it be dolphins or feeding on whale carcasses or turtles or or whatever the case may be um, the thing I was going to point out too about the, um, the the tiger shark teeth being fairly broad and relatively squat is that they're really good at amputating, unfortunately. So the Bethany Hamilton situation that I was highlighting before is a uh, is a classic uh, tiger shark type injury. So they, uh, they can certainly cause some problems when they want to put their mind to it. There's no doubt about that. But you've got to respect the alternative viewpoints too. If you have one of these things in an aquarium, they do very well. People will love having these things in aquariums and effectively working with them um, for a number of years. And they're they're, they're, uh, they're quite sad when these animals die, um, but they do very well in captivity. The uh, tiger sharks, generally speaking, and then you've also got to respect the viewpoints of someone like a Ray Boundy, who saw two of his mates um, uh, tragically killed by ostensibly the one shark back in 1983 when they're uh, they're. Uh, trawler capsized off Townsville so you do um, you've, you've got to uh, treat the animals as you find them I guess um, you've got to re- remember and respect that you know they are potentially very large and dangerous animals uh, that can cause problems but of course it's how we coexist and how we live with these animals that is really the key point and that's what I uh, that's one topic that I want to pick up with and, and run with and highlight uh, some great resources for our listeners and I'll do that after we duck to a quick song here's one by Jimmy Barnes who was playing at the AFL Grand Final, of course, just recently. And this is Too Much Ain't Enough Love. We know you love our
1: 3CR Radical Radio T-shirts, and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids, and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419 8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one.
0: You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial. Getting close towards wrapping up the show for another week today, but uh, just before I uh, I leave you to enjoy your wonderful Sunday, um, a couple of items that I just wanted to point out that are really interesting for those that are wanting to learn a bit more about the fascinating world of sharks. Now, Dr. Blake Chapman has written a fantastic book called Shark Attacks, Myths, Misunderstandings and Human Fear. Uh, that one was released by CSIRO Publishing back in November. November of 2017, and uh, at 39.95, um, I can tell you for those of you that want to make the investment, it is wonderful. Uh, the thing with this book is that uh, you pick up one book on shark attacks; you might as well pick, pick up a hundred. They're all similar formulas, and a lot of them, it's got to be said, run with the same sort of dated anecdotes and and dated information. This one brings it all into uh, the uh, into the modern uh, modern world. Basically, it's a really terrific read, and one that I'd strongly recommend uh, those. Are interested in getting a hold of. Um, likewise, another book uh, by uh, this one by Chris Black, it's called White Pointer South. This one is a gorgeous volume and uh, retails for about 50, uh, $50 is the recommended retail price for this one. And once you pick this book up and have a look, you'll know why. Lots of brilliant photographs. It basically, talks about the experiences uh, around great white sharks in Tasmania and um, not only great whites but some other animals as well, seven gill sharks and makos and all these sorts of. Wonderful animals, Um, and it talks about all the captures, all the attacks, all the encounters, uh, all that sort of stuff. So that's a hell of a read as well. Another one is worth uh, worth checking out is um, uh, Eric Ritter's "Let's Talk Shark" podcast. That's quite an interesting one too. So uh, that makes for some very interesting reading when you're uh, stuck in traffic, like I uh, I often get in when I'm moving between uh, Point Cook and my place of employment in Epping. Speaking of which, we don't have any uh, sharks in captivity at Melbourne Polytechnic, but we certainly have a nice big fish by the name of Heidi. She's 13 and a half kilo, uh, she's a 13 and a half kilo Murray cod. So those of you who are interested in coming down and having a look at our aquaculture training and applied research center, um, by all means, um, drop us a line and uh, try and organize a tour. Um, jump onto the Melbourne Polytechnic website and see what we've got to offer there. We do a lot of training around the uh, the aquaculture and marine biology uh, type spaces. So for those of you who are interested in knowing a bit more and getting into it, um, Uh, please give us a yell. Anyway, that brings us to the end of Out of the Blue for yet another week. Uh, Stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally and have a great Sunday.